G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the matter of spiritual gifts, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to think soberly concerning the gifts that God has given to us. Now that means to avoid two extremes. First of all, we need to avoid trying to see what is not there. Trying to believe that we're gifted where we're not gifted. I remember once a man said to me, I'm an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. I have the gift of miracles and healings. I said, my, you're going to be busy. The fact is that no one has everything, but we all have something. Of course, the other extreme is not seeing what is there. And Jesus told a parable about that. He told a parable about a man who received a talent from his master, but did not use that talent, but buried it in the ground. May God help us to think both soberly and responsibly concerning the gifts that He has given to us. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to Set Free with author and pastor, or I probably should say teacher, uh, Ken Legg, because we're talking about spiritual gifts this week, and that's obviously your spiritual gift, Ken, number one is up there with uh, with teaching. But we've just heard in that story there about the pastor who was said he was a pastor and a prophet and evangelist and a teacher and all those things in one. It sounds to me like he didn't actually take this sober estimation of himself as Paul has charged us in Romans. Yeah, and, and there's ways that we can be sober in our estimation. We can be sound and sensible in, in assessing the gifts that God has given to us. And Phil, one of the things I think that is important here is that God begins to speak to us about our gifts. Like We think, well, maybe God has gifted me in this area, and we begin to talk to the Lord about it, and he begins to speak to us and confirm it with us. One of the things about being in the new covenant is that he does that directly. Mm. You know, we can hear the voice of God for ourselves. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I think one of our weaknesses today, and something that always amazes me, is that so often we look for a word from a prophet, a mediator. Now, that's old covenant mentality where a person had to go to God through a prophet or a priest to hear a word from God for himself. Now, that's all changed under the new covenant because God speaks to us directly. And mm-hmm. in this matter of spiritual gifts, you know, you, you begin to think that uh, maybe God, this is what you want me to do with my life. And you, you begin to discuss it with the Lord and God starts to speak to you, not just once or twice, but over and over again. And in the end, there's no more room for coincidence. You know, this is the word of God. This is the voice of God to you. Let's just get practical on that point for a minute, though. I mean, how do you hear that that voice of God? I'll be honest, I've never had the the writing on the wall or the big bolt of lightning or, yeah. or, or otherwise. How do you hear God's voice? Well, I think one of the ways is, uh, you know, what the Bible calls the peace of God. Uh, the peace of God settles upon you. Uh, and so when it's not there, you know you're considering something and there's a lack of peace so God is not giving you the green light in that area, you know. Mm. So let's say, for example, I think, well, maybe God's calling me to be an evangelist. And I'm thinking about giving up my church and going on the road and uh, being an evangelist. But yeah. but all the time there's a lack of peace there and there's this agitation. And uh, it's not God's will because that's not the way he's gifted me. But when God is saying yes, then, then there's this wonderful peace 
it's it's tangible. You know, you you can feel it, you know it, and God has given you the green light. You know, mm. are you saying though that He doesn't use prophets anymore? Oh, of course, God does use prophets today, and and He can use prophets. But there's a whole world of difference between a prophet giving us a word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which you know happens just when God chooses to do that, and me chasing prophets all over the country to get a word Mm. because then there's this mentality, well, God can only speak to me through another person, whereas God wants me to recognize that under the new covenant there is this thing we call the the priesthood of all believers. Everyone has access to God. No one should say to his brother, know the Lord. I'm going to tell you how to know the Lord. This is God's word for you. But everyone shall know the Lord. That's the blessing of being under the new covenant. And uh, uh, I remember somebody once coming to me and saying, you know, do you think that God wants me to do this? And my reply to them was, well, why would God tell me his will for your life? Why wouldn't he tell you? Hmm. doesn't make sense, you know. But it's a whole lot easier if you can go to somebody else and they can tell you, you know. That, that just appeals to our, and our true, lazy Phil. human nature. You that's know? true. And, and, and the thing about that is that if he wants to do that, he's got your address. Yeah. So, so, you know, like God will use a prophet to come up to you and share a word which will confirm something that he's already saying to you anyway. But this mentality of chasing someone because mm. they've got God's word for you, it's an old covenant mentality that basically discounts the wonderful privilege that we have under the new covenant of God speaking to us personally and intimately. Yeah, it's like saying they're the anointed one. They they're the one that God speaks to, but yeah, he talks to us. You said there were three things that you wanted to uh, to get into today. So yeah. we we're nearly halfway through, so we better jump in. What's the next one? <laughs> well, of course, the other one is that or the next one is that um when we function in our gift, we begin to bear fruit. If we're operating in the measure of the grace of God that's upon our lives, we can be sure that fruit will grow. So let's say, for example, somebody is praying about, you know, is God calling me to be a worship leader? Mm. And they can't even sing in tune. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, Phil, but I have enough trouble singing in tune anyway. So when somebody's leading me, I don't need them to be off key, you know. So forget it. That's not your gift. If if you can't even sing in tune, your gift and your ministry is not going to be in that area. Well, they can be a worship leader in a church full of deaf people, maybe. (laughs) Well, let's take another example. You know, if, if you think that God has given you the gift of evangelism and you've been, you know, on the road for 10 years trying to preach the gospel and haven't led one soul to Christ, look at the fruit, you know. Yeah. Uh, the fruit will be in accordance with the gift. Um, and so just exa- all I'm saying is um, be a good fruit inspector. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I think something that's become increasingly clear this week, guys, we've talked about this, is, is as you've said, it's really not that complicated to know what our ministry is. It's not rocket science. The things that you've been sharing with us are pretty basic, pretty practical sort of things. What's the last one today? Is it on that same line? Is it? Yeah, it sort of follows on from the last point, really. You know, we talked about the fruit that, that, that is born when we start operating in the grace of God. It's going to, you know, the life of Jesus in us that's operating is going to produce uh, wonderful fruit. He said that if we abide in him, then we will bear much fruit. Now, the next thing is that then people recognize that. So our gifts are acknowledged by the body of Christ. Uh, you know, people start coming up to you and say, you know, what you did then, that really blessed me. Or what you said then, you just got no idea. That met a need in my life. That was the word of God to me and and that brought life to me. And you don't hear it once or twice, but you hear it over and over again. Mm. And you see the fruit that's coming because you found your gift and you're operating in your place in the body of Christ. And and I think that's important. Now, now Phil, there is this teaching that the body imparts gifts. You know, I don't know whether you've heard that. That's not true. The, the body cannot impart a gift. That's a, a mistranslation of a, a verse in Romans chapter 1. 
Um, but the body recognizes gifts. You know, the gifts come from Jesus. Mm. Every good gift comes from the Lord. You know, we don't have anything that we haven't first received. That's why it's called a grace gift. Uh, so people can't impart gifts, but people can certainly recognize and acknowledge and confirm uh, the grace of God that they are seeing upon our lives. And when we hear this over and over and over again, we begin to get the 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 message very clear from God about what, you know, we come to that sober estimation of what God has dealt in our lives. There's a saying that I love that works well in any team environment, and that is play to your strengths. And that's really yeah. what we're saying here is God has given us strengths in various areas that, that yeah. he wants us to play to. And uh, back to Romans 12, what Paul has written here, just after he said, you know, have a sober evaluation of, of yourself, he says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith, faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. It's good for you there, Ken. If a gift, your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take it seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, I just, I just love it. It's so practical. It's, yeah. You know, this is Romans chapter 12. So yeah. if you haven't read Romans for a while, or maybe you've never read it, pick it up, read it. It's, Great passage. It's, and it's that analogy of, you know, like the... The church being the body of Christ, the members in particular, mm. each one having a place. Now, Bill, I know that my part is the leg, you know, Ken leg. <laughs> so I hope that you find your place too. Yeah, good on you. Thanks very much. <laughs> and we'll have more for you tomorrow as we look at discovering our spiritual gifts. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.